0: me hearties, it's talk like a pirate day. This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a dark and rainy England. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your continental breakfast? Please let me know. As always, our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723 That's eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. 844-527-8723 And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Yes, indeed, it is talk like a pirate day. This has got to be the silliest day on the calendar, but, oh, it's fun. It's a parody holiday, originally designed to fall on the 6th of June, out of respect for D-Day, Uh, It was moved. The whole idea of this is supposed to raise money for charity by talking like Jack Sparrow. And you're told to celebrate this day by watching Pirates of the Caribbean... Reading about the history of piracy? Well, there are a few books on the Furella files about piracy if you really are interested in what thugs this disnified breed really were. And go around growling a lot and saying matey all the time. Call everyone matey. Um, or even dress like a pirate. Bonus points if you can carry a parrot on your shoulder or a monkey. Good luck with that. And the king dude is home. Hail the prodigal son, returned from the CLM. It sounds like it was a very, very long weekend of work. So hope he's had a bit of a snooze and doesn't fall asleep all over the microphone today. Apparently, according to this trivia page, I do like trivia pages, Pirate William Dampier, or Dampier, was responsible for introducing many words in the English language which we still use, which include caress, chopsticks, posse, barbecue, and snug. There we go. He was also the first person in the world to circumnavigate the world thrice. So there we are, even a pirate can achieve something. Seriously, though, on a perhaps more important note, well... My daughter would not agree, but it is International Gymnastics Day. And I think this is a good moment to spare a thought for all those girls and boys who do thousands and thousands of hours of training to make it to the top and prance around in their sparkly leotards, making it all look so easy. There was a gymnastics competition here at the Leisure Centre over the weekend. And, you know, I saw it was all girls. All these girls beautifully dressed up in all their bling and their makeup and things. And I just thought, yeah, I know what you've had to go through to get there. I appreciate that. On a more serious note, though, I think this is the sort of day where if you have a chocolate bar handy, you should jolly well eat one now, preferably a Cadbury's chocolate bar, maybe a Cadbury's dairy milk, because this is the day in 1839, when George Cadbury was born. And you see, it's not just that he was a great chocolate maker and all the rest, but he was an entrepreneur with a difference. And I think that the world we are living in today really owes a lot to George Cadbury and could learn a lot from him, because he was a Quaker. And he believed that It's not enough to have a successful business. You have a duty that Jesus would want you to take care of the welfare of your workforce. So he built a model village, not not a tiny village, a model village in, in that. I mean, the sort of village that should exist, you know, perfectly planned, right, for his employees. So they would have a home with a garden where they could grow vegetables, where their children could be educated, He wanted to make sure that his employees were properly cared for. He was not the only one. In fact, on this day, by a coincidence in 1851, William Hesketh Lever was also born, and he was a soap manufacturer, nothing to do with chocolate. He did soap, and he found a way to produce soap using vegetable oils instead of tallow. And he also established a town uh, called Port Sunlight near Merseyside, up in the north, to house his employees. So it could be done at a time when Britain was industrialising so rapidly and thousands and thousands of people were living in misery in shanty towns and slums, working terrible hours in dangerous and unsanitary conditions. People like Cadbury and Hesketh Lever were really blazing a trail and saying, you can do it differently. If, it, if you like, it was capitalism with a conscience, that you can actually do this. You can be an entrepreneur, you can be successful, and you can spread that wealth around to those who produced it. And I I really think about this a lot when I see so so many of the stories we get in the news today because – To this day, so many of the goods that we use and consume are still being produced in sweatshops and in terrible conditions. And even in Britain, we'd like to convince ourselves we've exported the problem abroad, which doesn't make it okay. But I think sometimes it's easier to convince yourself it's not really a problem. But on the BBC just this summer, there was a news report of uh, an inquiry in Parliament where fruit pickers told the House of Lords that the way they were treated was tantamount to slave labour. Um, in, in Britain, like any country that has an agricultural tradition of any kind, um, fruit picking used to be the sort of seasonal work where families would leave the cities and spend a certain number of weeks fruit picking. Yes, it was casual work. Yes, it was seasonal, but it was very important for a lot of people. And for those who were able to step aside from their factory jobs and step out of the slums and do fruit picking for a few weeks of the year, it did in fact, creates some respite. You are out in the fresh air. You are away from the mines and the factories and the filth. And today, that is completely gone. And we are very, very reliant on overseas seasonal workers from poorer countries to come over here and pick our fruit for us. Now, understandably, fewer and fewer people wish to do this. And it's becoming harder to find seasonal fruit pickers. But it's hard, it's hard to avoid the fact that we have created this situation. The conditions are so harsh. Um, one woman from South Africa who came to work as a, a fruit picker said it was slave labor. She said the workers were addressed by numbers rather than their names as though they were prisoners. They were forced to work 18 hour days and live in overcrowded caravans. That's trailers. Um, if they complained to their bosses they were threatened with immediate deportation. Um, a man from Kazakhstan said if you don't work fast enough if you don't comply with quality they say we'll cancel your visa we'll send you back home to your country. He said we had extremely poor living conditions we had problems with working conditions we were disrespected and manipulated. He answered an advertisement on social media to come to England. He had to pay his own airfare and visa before being put to work on the fruit farms in the south of England. Um, the South African worker, Sybil, as she called herself, said that she's, um, she could not have believed the conditions she found in 2022 in the United Kingdom. She said she'd spent, she'd had to spend close to £2,500. She could not afford to go home. This was the problem. Once you paid your airfare and your visa, you're really stuck. You can't afford to be sent home. You've got to get to work. You'll you'll end up making a loss. Um, She said that she uh she had to rent to she had to rent the caravan she was with six other people men and women sharing a single shower and a single fridge it was absolutely horrific they made the point they were not asking for five star hotels they were asking please simply to be treated like human beings this is outrageous it outrageous that this is happening. In 2023, we are still treating people so badly. So I hope we can all take a leaf out of the book of George Cadbury. All those, well over 100 years ago, 150 years ago, he was showing the way things could be done. And we really should try to remember that. It is possible to treat people well. Not only possible, it is necessary. I don't know how people sleep at night when they know they are treating their own employees badly. Denny Sam, saying, welcome back, King Dude. Stories later, I presume. I'm dying to know what happened. Um, I really would like to know. I don't know what he... Maybe it was just a big jolly, really. He wasn't really working. He was... Maybe he was he was sipping cocktails by a swimming pool or something. Yeah, I bet that's what it was, really. It is 21 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. We've been talking about how it is international talk like a pirate day. You are be Jack Sparrow for the day, please. Um, It is also International Gymnastics Day, and I'm seeing here it is National IT Professionals Day and National Butterscotch Pudding Day. I have a feeling I have never had butterscotch pudding uh, in my entire life, so if anyone could put a picture in the chat room or give me some idea what it tastes like. I've had butterscotch before, so I could probably use my imagination, but I'd like to hear from a connoisseur, please. National IT professionals, do you know, let's salute IT professionals, shall we? My my husband works in IT, and um, I don't think anyone really appreciates that IT professionals make the world go round. It's these invisible people who keep your computer working, who keep the internet running, who come to the rescue every time I scream and say, help, help, my screen is frozen, who actually keep everything going. I remember being told a story about how there was a glitch one day in um, Visa card or something. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it was in a, in a, uh, a debit card. Okay. I'm not, not mentioning any names in a debit card. Let's just say it was. And people were going to the ATM and not being able to get it to work. The CEO was on the phone to IT And looking out of the window, he was seeing the queue of people trying to use the ATM. The glitch lasted just minutes and still managed to cause mayhem. So let us please have just a little moment of silence, thinking about IT professionals and how much we owe to them. And if you're not convinced, take a look at the comedy The IT Crowd. Just the first series, like most comedies, it's rubbish after the first series – have a look at the first series, two IT guys in a basement of a big company. Nobody knew, knows who they are, but are completely reliant on them to keep the business on the road. Moving swiftly on. Sorry, serious subjects. Butterscotch pudding might perhaps be a diversion later. A police officer has avoided jail... After handcuffing a woman, a 20-year-old woman, into the police car while searching this woman's car, and she happened to have parked the police car on train tracks. So while she and a colleague were searching the suspect's car, the police car was hit by a train. With this poor woman in it, handcuffed in the back, and she couldn't get out. Yareni Rios Gonzalez from Colorado was struck by a train and somehow or other survived. I don't know how it's possible to, be, to survive being hit by a train. Apparently, she just happened to be sitting on the right side, as it were, of the, the train, the, the major impact went to the other side of the car. She suffered nine broken ribs, a broken arm, a fractured sternum, and spent 12 days in a hospital bed. Uh, She also suffered a brain injury. She'd been detained after a road rage incident. That was why she had been arrested, but she was left in this car. Now... Okay, I understand that, you know, if a person, she'd apparently pulled a gun or she she, she claimed it was claimed she had pulled a gun. She said it was self-defense, whatever. Okay, an incident like that, the police have to intervene. I'm not denying that the police have got to intervene in a situation like that. I also appreciate they may have had to put her in handcuffs if she was aggressive or whatever. I don't know what the situation was and told her to sit in the police car, in the patrol car, while they took a look at her car to check she didn't have any weapons in there. I understand. Why, oh, why would anyone park on train tracks? Who thought that was acceptable? Who thought that was a good idea? Um, And apparently the officers, when they saw the train coming, they were absolutely devastated and panicked. They were screaming and, you know, trying to work out how to get her out. And, of course, they, they realized they couldn't get her out in time and had to stand back and watch this poor woman getting hit by a train. But... The officer has uh, in question. The, one of the officers is still to be put on trial. Um, the other officer, however, has made an apology, and there will be some big settlement, I'm guessing. And uh, she was told that. Um, hang on, so it was. Let, let me read her apology because I'm I'm just astonished that this it even occurred to anybody that this, that this was okay. Um, She said, you know, we, I can't find her her statement. Just a moment. Um, Here we go. Yes, just one moment. Jordan Steinke, I hope I'm saying the name right. She was sentenced to 30 months of supervised probation. I simply don't understand why she did not go to prison. Okay. She has lost her job, which seems fair enough, really, and... She said, here's the statement. Okay. In her apology, she stated, What happened that night has haunted me for 364 days. I remember your screams and your cries. I remember begging you to tell me your name, praying you would stay awake. I have never felt so helpless. We couldn't get you out of the car. Now... It was partly mitigated by the fact that the victim herself, um, or the lawyer acting for the victim, said that even though her life had been radically altered by the crash, not just the physical injuries, but the PTSD she suffered from, well, I'm guessing getting hit by a train is about as traumatic as it gets in terms of really, really scary things happening to you, um, that... Even though she felt angry about what had happened, she also felt sorry that this police officer had lost her career. It seems, you know, she's not vindictive. She did not want this police officer to get hurt. But what kind of made me wonder a bit was that Jordan Steinke said in her apology that she hoped to give educational talks to police officers about the dangers of railway tracks. Um, is it really necessary to tell grown men and women that train tracks are a tiny bit dangerous? I mean, we were told as children, do not step on the train tracks. I mean, do not go anywhere near them. Trains are big and noisy and go choo-choo really fast down the line. You do not go anywhere near the train tracks or you will get flattened by a train. Do you know, We were told this when we were like five years old. If you lived anywhere near a railway station, which was quite probable somewhere like Britain or anywhere near railway tracks, you didn't go anywhere near the tracks ever. It certainly it would not even occur to me to park my car on a railway track. Is this police officer really claiming it never occurred to her that parking on railway tracks was likely to end very badly and then sticking someone handcuffed and helpless into the back, you know, imagination intelligence is it too much to ask that two police officers would have worked this out and she's now saying oh i'd like to give talks i don't need anybody to tell me that train tracks are dangerous sweetheart my nursery teacher told me that <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm am i the only person who was just really bemused by this case uh, philip is saying how dare the train not stop couldn't they see it was a police car Police have the absolute right to park wherever they want. Well, quite. I mean, maybe we should prosecute, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine. I mean, I think you know, because all trains have faces, don't they? And sort of chat. I, I think you know, trains being sentient. We, you're right, Philip. I think we should definitely, we should definitely sue the train. I just, oh dear. You know, maybe it's just too early in the morning or something, and I'm just not comprehending something really obvious. But um actually, Jacqueline is saying. um, <laughs> so I loved that Sorry. <laughs> Um Jacqueline's saying, of course, kids don't think trains are dangerous. What about Thomas Tank Engine? Well, in, that's the thing. In a way, um, I think one of the reasons we were taught from so young to be very, very careful around trains is because of things like Thomas the Tank Engine. Because trains feature in so many children's stories and they're, they're friendly and, yes, sentient. They know to stop. Um, no one ever gets hit by a train in, in Thomas the Tank Engine. Um so I think that's at least part of it. And a very favourite film when I was a child was the Lionel Jeffries adaptation of The Railway Children, you know, with Jenny that It's the, the classic Railway Children, Jenny Agutter as Roberta. And it's this beautiful story. If you don't know the story of The Railway Children, watch that film. Don't watch the more modern one. Watch the, the Lionel Jeffries version from the 70s and read the book and it's about three children two two sisters and a brother who move to a little village uh, called Oakworth in Yorkshire and it's it's Edwardian times and they get to know the life of the railway station they get to know the station master Albert Cripps I think that's his name uh, Perks. Sorry, Perks. It's Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins plays Perks, and all sorts of things happen. But of course, you quite often see them crossing the tracks, just walking across the tracks, because it's a country track. It's you know, you can see quite far into the distance, and they weren't electrified in those days. So there are a lot of scenes of children walking along railway tracks, and even then, in that film, there is a horrendous situation where there's a paper chase. Uh, one of these um, these games, you know, where someone someone is the hare who sort of, who runs scattering paper and the hounds then come chasing after the paper and he goes through a tunnel and he gets he breaks his leg he falls and breaks his leg in the darkness and he only just avoids getting hit by a train so um, so that's the that's this the scary part you know it's not completely safe but even so you know we we did grow up with these sort of rather idealized visions of trains so We were always told you do not ever get on the train tracks when you're at the station. Stay well back from the edge of the platform, way back. Yes, you don't try to get on the train or off the train when it's moving. You could still do that in those days before the doors became automated. Um, And we knew. Um, It was also the case, unfortunately, you you did get cases every so often of a child being hit by a train. So they used to have a lot of these... Besides being told this at school, don't do that. There were a lot of public health warnings. Do not go near the tracks. So I'm sorry. I do not believe a grown woman or a grown man did not know that parking on train tracks was a really, really silly idea. Anyway, we have to go to an ad break on that happy note. Um, um, I'm seeing. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Lots of comments coming into the chat room. I will get back to you shortly, I promise. Uh, But as usual, I have not been looking at the clock. You are listening to The Early Show with Fiorella de Maria all the way from somewhere south of London. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me. Do join the conversation. Tell me what you think of railway safety and the police. The early show will continue in a few moments here on the Crusade channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. rebroadcast at midday for those of you just joining us you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond fiorella de maria our call in telephone number is 844-527-8723 that's 844-527-8723 and the crusader stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat Do talk to me, do join the conversation. I haven't had any pictures of butterscotch pudding in the chat room yet. I hope you're enjoying a hearty breakfast. I went to Beef Eater this morning with the girls and had a lot more breakfast than I deserved. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. And we have been talking about, in no particular order, International talk like a pirate day, you are, you are me hearties. Think of all the words that we use that were brought to us into the English language by pirates, such as pussy, and snug, and barbecue. Funnily enough, I had no idea barbecue was brought to the English language by a pirate. If you feel like celebrating International Talk Like a Pirate Day, try balancing a parrot on your shoulder all day, or possibly a monkey, or maybe just wearing a tricorn hat. That might be slightly more straightforward. It is also International Gymnastics Day where we celebrate this most beautiful and gracious and lovely tricky sport. And all the difficulty of training to be a gymnast. Though, can I just point out, it's not nearly as difficult or dangerous as ice skating, which is kind of like gymnastics with blades on your feet. Just putting that in there. It is also National Butterscotch Pudding Day and National IT Professionals Day. And, you know, I was going to, in the second segment, Um, I was going to read a list of tech disasters, you know, those moments when members of the older generation get confused with their phones in honour of IT professionals. But I was laughing so much over some of the mistakes. I wasn't completely convinced I could hold it together long enough to even say one of them. I, it was it was just too funny. I, I'll have to see if I'll, I'll read through them again today and tonight and maybe tomorrow I'll be calm enough that I can share a few of the gems with you tomorrow but it's going to have to be tomorrow I just absolutely couldn't hold it together as some of you may recall who've been following the early show for a while I did once fall apart on a show when Gavin Ashenden told me the tragic story of how his grandfather died he fell on the stairs carrying a loaded shotgun on his way to pursue the rabbits. And unfortunately, because I did not quite understand what he meant for a moment, I corpsed and went to the ad break, spluttering with laughter. I have not ever got over this embarrassment, so I'm extremely careful about stories that are likely to make me fall about laughing uncontrollably. A story that was not at all funny um, that came up as well in the first segment was a woman who was arrested by two police officers, handcuffed and put in the back of a police car that was parked on train tracks. The train came, because that tends to happen with train tracks, and hit the car. The 20-year-old woman inside almost miraculously survived, Jorani Rios-Gonzalez, who was 20 years old, suffered horror injuries, however, nine broken ribs, a broken arm, a fractured sternum. Um, I gather she also suffered a brain injury. She was 12 days in hospital and her life has been completely turned upside down. One of the police officers has now been convicted but spared jail and has said that she wishes, really wishes to give educational talks about the dangers of railway tracks. And I was pointing out in the first half that do you know something We were told when we were at nursery school that railway tracks were a bit dangerous and choo-choo trains should be avoided unless you wish to ride in them. Um, But apparently... Police officers haven't been told that. And it was pointed out, uh, Jacqueline pointed out, that, of course, a lot of children's stories are about trains, like Thomas the Tank Engine. So children don't have an instinctive fear of trains, which is why we did have it absolutely rammed down our throats when we were very young, that trains are not cuddly and cheerful and really useful engines. They they kill you. Um, Jeffy e. Mann um, is making the point, yes... Can you imagine what would have happened if she'd pointed out to the cop that the car was on the tracks? Certain people don't like being questioned, especially those who wear badges. Tell it to the judge. Well, I think it can safely be said she did tell it to the judge. Um, or her lawyers did. I'm not sure she was well enough to appear in court. Philip, um, who earlier pointed out, you know, how dare the train not stop? You know, Didn't it see it was a police car? Um, it's pointing out that an enterprising lawyer will probably try to sue the railroad Oh, yes. Someone will try and do that. Seriously, we have cases over here where it's usually teenagers. Having said it was rammed down our throats since we were little children not to touch the train tracks. Unfortunately, there are deaths every year from young people wandering onto the train tracks, um, just usually because they know perfectly well it's dangerous, but they take a risk because rather than going the long way round and climbing over the bridge or whatever, they'll just think, oh, i just nip across the tracks. It, you know, only take a moment, forgetting that the tracks are electrified or that trains can turn around corner. you know, appear around corners very quickly. Um, and you do get cases. Uh, there was one where two teenage girls tried to do that, tried to dash across the railway tracks and were hit by a train and killed. And the, the train network was sued because... Even though there was a gate saying, trespassers will be prosecuted, do not cross this gate, do not walk through this gate, authorised personnel only, etc., 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 because it was not locked, they were found responsible. Because two teenagers couldn't read the sign and discern that it was a bad idea to walk through that gate onto the railway tracks. Uh, So you do get cases like that, unfortunately. Jacqueline saying, do you know the problem is kids don't watch cowboy films anymore where they tie people on the railway tracks, the train tracks. So therefore they don't realise there's a danger. Well, indeed, Uh, uh, bring bring back good old fashioned scary stories of damsels in distress tied to railway tracks. I'm pretty sure. My children know about that trope. I don't know if they've seen it parodied in a cartoon or something, but I know that they have never seen a cowboy film ever, ever, ever. I don't think, but I know they know about the thing about being tied to the railway tracks. It's, it's something that's slipped so much into, into folklore. Um, I don't know where I've heard them heard them talk about it. Yep, yeah. Jeffy man, yes, absolutely, rail, railroads' fault. Jacqueline, I guess in the adrenaline of the chase, once the perpetrator stops. I can see the cops jumping out and they probably didn't even realise they were sitting on tracks. Um, I wonder whether that actually that's what happened. In fact, Jacqueline, whether they just um, they were pursuing the person, just weren't looking where they were driving and then, yes, stopped and walked away. Even so, I find it very hard to see how once you'd calmed down a bit, you wouldn't look back and say, oh gosh, we've... Um, We've parked our car on railway tracks. I mean, couldn't they feel it going bubbly, bubbly, bump when they were, when they were on it? So I don't know. Um, maybe maybe I've, I've never actually driven on, on train tracks before. I don't know what it feels like. Um, Jeffy Mann saying, maybe a view of the scene would explain the screw up. It would be incredibly boneheaded as a normal railroad crossing. Um, oh, I see, This is interesting. Railroad crossings in Michigan aren't highly engineered. you, know when you've crossed one i mean over here we have level crossings um that's what i'm um, i do not know if you call them call them that railroad crossings level crossings um and you know because particularly you know, in towns right. where you know the, the tracks do do cross through the town they are very visible you can't miss a level crossing there are gates there are lights that come on. When a train is coming, the gates come slamming down, lights start flashing and alarms start screaming. I mean, your your senses are assaulted with the the coming danger. You have plenty of time. It's also done a couple of minutes before the train passes. So there's no chance you're going to get trapped in the middle. You know, the, the alarms and the lights go on and there's a certain delay and then the gates come down and Shortly afterwards, the train passes. So they're very well engineered to prevent accidents. And the only time you ever come across accidents involving vehicles on tracks over here is either if something awful happens, like, you know, a, a, a car falling off a bridge onto railway tracks that's happened on occasion. Or there was one case years ago, this is the only one I can think of where. In icy weather, a car skidded onto the train tracks, you know, crossing the level crossing and then couldn't move. The the car then got stuck and the gates came down and people were actually screaming at the, the young driver, get out of the car, get out of the car. But she was just so fixated on trying to get the car off the tracks. She just wasn't listening to them and she got hit by a car, hit by a train. It was horrible. It was a really, a really terrible accident. Um, and in fact, in that case, when she realized that the car just wasn't mobile, she should just have got out and fled the scene. And hopefully the train would have been OK. The car would have been written off. But sometimes I can see in a situation like that, sometimes when you're when you're the driver and you're responsible, You can just get completely fixated on what you're doing. That I understand rather better than this. But no, you can't really, in normal circumstances, you just can't accidentally venture onto a a level crossing. King Dude, it was terrible train music. For a moment, I thought I was going to get the postal train as crossing the border. Um, there is a Maltese train song, by the way. I defy anyone to find it. It's a folk song about the train. There was once a train in Malta. I think it was one of the shortest train tracks in the world. Il Vapore as we call it. There we are. But it even has its own song. It ceased travelling in 1938, I think it was. Um, Fourcorn, Yes, must not have shown the train their Badge. This is fun. I, I knew this was going to cause some comment. The King Dude, that was John Fogerty's big train from Memphis from his field album. Oh, me are Oh, yes. You, you're going to do cross talk in pirate language now, aren't you, King Dude? I, I feel this is coming. Not butterscotch pudding, Jacqueline, but he's a bunny. He's a bunny rabbit. Oh, that's so sweet. How old is that bunny? And another bunny! Yay! Please, everybody, sign into the chat room and see Jacqueline's bunnies. They are so sweet! Oh, look at that. That that bunny rabbit really does look like the bunny in the headlights. That's so funny. Um, Maggie, in your defence, Fiora I originally started laughing too because Gavin was telling the stories if it didn't have a terribly tragic ending. Well, this is it, isn't it? There's this, is, this is terribly English understated way of talking, and it can be killing, because people genuinely do talk like that here in that that complete euphemistic style and i have had some awful moments at dinner parties and things where someone has told a really tragic story but in this terribly deadpan way and it's just funny and it's not funny but it is really funny and yes uh, what what gavin did in that situation you say he we were talking about uh, people who'd been through the wars you know the, the world wars and his grandfather had been a pow during the first world war cuz gavin's really old and and he was saying, and then of course he went and died falling down the stair. He went and died on the stairs. And I said, "Of oh course, Gavin, I'm sorry. Um, was it? Uh, did he? Did he fall down the stairs? You know, you hear these cases, old people, you know, tripping. Uh, he had a loaded shotgun with him on, at the time, and it was just that way he just said it. So he had a loaded shotgun with him at the time. I like, oh." And then the full horror of it just hit me and I just couldn't stop laughing. And I gather everyone in the studio was killing themselves laughing too. So yes, I I was, I was very much forgiven during the ad break. Gavin thought it was quite funny too. So that's all right. He didn't stop speaking to me immediately and and, um, start ghosting me forever. Yes, Maggie, the ears, that, that bunny rabbit is so adorable. And the ears are huge. Rabbits are so sweet and so absurd, really. Um, Jacqueline's saying, um, in a field with grass in the dark, it may be difficult to see facts that the car would still have had to go up onto them. And again, in excitement of the chase. Okay, Jacqueline, I'm really struggling with this one, but I suppose there is the smallest, tiniest possibility that there was a reason why the drivers didn't notice that they were on train tracks. I don't know. It's just it's one of those stories when when you read it from afar. It's just, yeah, that does sound really, really silly. It is 56 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast same day from crusademax.com. And while you are on the website, do take a look at the Founders Trading Post. I don't know if My Family and Other Skaters is available yet, but it should be because I saw the other day that Amazon was out of stock of my latest book out of stock. More copies coming soon. So it seems to me that if you need to read my books as a matter of urgency, you're going to have to get them from the Founders Trading Post. Anyway, we have been talking about International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Ooh -ah, and cross-talk is going to be really weird. Mateys. And it is International Gymnastics Day. Butterscotch Pudding Day. Someone even tell me what that looks like. And IT Professionals Day, have I got all the special dates and the birthday of George Cadbury, the founder of Cadbury's Milk Chocolate, a role model, a role model for business. He believed in looking after his employees, so he built a village for them to live in so that all his employees would have a home and a little garden so they could grow vegetables Children could go to school. He took his Christian principles seriously. Which is extraordinary given that in 2023, there are people coming to Britain to do fruit picking, saying that it was little better than slave labour. We have still not learned that lesson. Philip, there we are, a damsel in distress being tied to the railway tracks. Yes, that, that image, it's usually... um. It, I don't know who th- who first thought of that as an idea, but it's it's the sort of ultimate, quickly rescue the woman in time. I can't work out if the man standing over the woman is tying her up or releasing her. Is he a villain or a hero? He looks like a villain to me. She looks desperately uncomfortable. I'd get awful crick in the neck lying like that. Um. Philip is saying it's usually us truck drivers getting in the way of trains makes makes for a heck of a mess. Oh, don't. Yes, there, there was a case years ago where um, a delivery man. It was a, it was a van rather than a full great big lorry, but he had been up all night chatting on Skype or some some kind of some kind of video call, chatting with his girlfriend all night, and he fell asleep at the wheel, crashed the van fell onto railway tracks. He got out with barely a scratch and immediately started rushing around, trying desperately to call for help to stop the next train. And he couldn't do it in time. Um, Jacqueline saying the bunnies are nine weeks old. Oh, they're so adorable. Yes, I'm still, I know everyone seemed to be against me in the chat room the other day. My friend's, dog has had puppies and they are so adorable and i'm getting whatever the dog owner's version of broodiness is i really would love to get another puppy um i don't think i'd ever have rabbits again just don't have space but and we have a lot of foxes prowling around our neighborhood but oh another dog though um jacqueline you're going to have uh, i've been working on the railroad in your head all day foghorn it humor end user where do i put the cd Help desk in the C D tray. End user. Where is that? Help desk. You push the button there at the top and the tray comes out. End user. You mean the cup holder? Do you know that that is apparently true? People do think that is a cup holder. You have a rabbit named Cadbury, Jacqueline. That is lovely. Um Is is he a sort of chocolatey colour? Is that where that comes from? Oh now this looks Oh this is this is butterscotch pudding. Philip, thank you. Ah, oh, I assumed it was a like a kind of bready sort of pudding. I didn't. It's more of a what we'd maybe call mousse or angel's delight. There we are. Yes, Jacqueline, I don't like butterscotch. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about butterscotch. I think I have had it before, but not in that form. So try before you deny. I can't remember which of you it was who told me that, but try before you deny. I will, and I will let you know. Wow, Jacqueline, this sounds really scary. We had an armadillo running around the front yard this morning. How big is an armadillo? I've seen pictures of them, but I don't know what they're like to scale. Apparently the neighbourhood bear is back. I haven't seen him yet, but the neighbours have. Mm, You have a bear lumbering around your... I mean, what happens if you step out to do your shopping? I mean, you know, I take it they're not friendly like Yogi Bear and just pinch your picnic basket. Um. Paul C is saying, I love butter, butterscotch pudding. Haven't had it in years. Well, today is the day to try it again. Mhm. Go out and get yourself a butterscotch pudding. It's butterscotch pudding day. Here's your excuse. Uh, Jacqueline is telling me that Cadbury was the first buck I got when I started the bunny adventure. That's wonderful. I think Cadbury is a lovely name, but I think the color purple when I think Cadbury, because that is the color of Cadbury's. Their um their original wrapper was purple and white, and the foil was purple. I don't know if it still is, um, but that's what I think. Oh no, Maggie does not. Oh, I tolerate butterscotch candy, much less butterscotch-flavored pudding. Yuck. Okay, that's pretty definitive. Well, do you know the thing I was laughing about, you know the IT joke thing I was laughing about was um, it was actually older generation people trying to text and trying to use text language, and getting it wrong. Um, and one of them was a. Uh, Your great aunt has passed away. LOL. Mum, why is that funny? Why on earth would it be funny? LOL means laugh out loud. Oh, dear. I thought it meant lots of love. I'm going to have to phone up everybody. I put LOL at the end of the the condolence message to everybody. Or, um, when are you coming to see me, WTF? Do you know what WTF means, Mum? Yes, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, no. Doesn't mean that. No. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just, just, just maybe don't use it. Um, okay. Jacqueline is telling me the armadillos are the uh, the size of a cat. Okay. That's not so big. Are they aggressive? Uh, more bunny pictures. More bunny pictures. They are so sweet. Yes. Let's face it, Maggie. It is funny. I mean, it's just that there is something always very funny about a person using slang or um, acronyms or anything they're not sure about. Uh, because the the chances of it all going wrong. Okay, Cadbury's on the right. Oreo is on that. Oreo looks like an Oreo. Oreo bunny does actually look like an Oreo. I sort of get that. Um, okay. Well, let, let me try and keep myself calm enough to tell you a few more. Okay. Uh, maybe some of the clean ones. Um, hang on a second. Now I'm, try, I'm trying. I'm trying. Some of these are so funny, but really. Really rude. Um, yeah, hang on a second. Just a moment. Just a moment. Um, no, they're all too. They're all too rude. First thing in the morning. Yeah, I think maybe we'll just start to leave it. Um, no i i know i, know, it's, it's, I know, i'm 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 uh, i'm just i'm just i'm just a bit polite and a bit a bit uh, a bit um uptight english uh, and some of the things i mean i didn't i don't even um okay i'm going to admit to something the reason i paused there was the one i was going to say involved a misunderstanding about ky jelly and i don't know what that is because i think we call it something else but i have a feeling it's something appalling so i'm going to move the subject right on to something else okay yes ron wtf is kind of that's rude even for americans okay right i shall move the conversation on you can see why i hesitated now right yes thank you um da, 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 da. Uh, here we go wtf is kind of like bs yes um well, to be honest, my mother used to make so many mistakes with slang, completely misunderstanding what British slang means, because you have to understand that in Britain, I say we're terribly polite, but one of the downsides of being terribly polite is that... There's a subtext to everything. There are so many completely innocuous expressions that mean something really filthy in particular contexts. So for foreigners, it is a minefield. And it was a minefield that my mother caused to explode on many, many occasions, quite often publicly. Um, for For the fall and winter, add a shot of butterscotch schnapps to a mug of hot chocolate. Those are your first. I love those names, Jacqueline. Rabbits are called Cadbury Oreo and Snickerdoodle. I don't know what Snickerdoodle is. Is that a sweet or something? Um, Oh gosh, the King Dude. You're going to drive me crazy during cross talk. Our American habits are what you landlubbers call rude, matey. Well, you know, I I never know. I never know where the um, I never know where the the boundaries are. Shall we say? Okay, uh, moving on. Yes. I was going to talk about something halfway sensible just then. Okay, this isn't rude. It's silly, though. Uh, A grandma, right? A grandma, I don't know why it's necessary to say grandma, has dumped her much younger husband on the grounds that he was a money grubber. And... um. The general feeling has been that it's a bit of a surprise she hadn't noticed. Just a moment, Ron. I love your British slang and complete total destruction of the English language. It is not a destruction of the English language. It is English in its purest form, I will have you know. Um... And let's face it: there is something absolutely hilariously gigglesome about saying something as innocuous as bacon and eggs, and it meaning something absolutely disgusting in the right context. Anyway, yes, a UK pensioner who married a man 42 years younger than her, who he met, she met on Facebook, has dumped him, claiming that he was uh, just out. He was he was just out it for the money. She's, she's realized he was just out for the money. Iris Jones, 83, married Mohammed Ibrahim, aged 37, claiming they had fallen in love despite the 46-year age gap. It very quickly fizzled out because he kept demanding money. Um, she handed over pretty much everything she had before saying, Do you know, I think he's just in it for the money. It's a bit like the train track story, no sugar, Sherlock. Did nobody tell you this was probably his motivation? Oh, Lady Bellarmine, have a great day, everyone. Time to go to school, to work, school. Have a wonderful day. Um, uh-oh, Foghorn, snickerdoodles, my kryptonite. What are snickerdoodles? Aha, uh-huh. is this snickerdoodles? Maggie, is this thing you've put in the, they look like pancakes. Are they pancakes? Or something like that. Oh, snickerdoodle cookies. Okay. Right. Okay. Fluffy cookies with cinnamon and sugar. They look really nice. Yes, I could I could manage snickerdoodles. Uh, yes, they, they look like they would be quite a nice breakfast. Thank you. Yes, I could probably manage that. Okay, so it's poor old Mrs. Jones, or Mrs. Ibrahim, as she now, has, has finally tumbled to the fact that this young man might not be after her body. He is, in fact... Uh, He is after her money. Um, She has, however, cheered herself up by buying a new cat, who she said is a perfect companion. He never complains. He's very quiet and beautiful to look at. I adore him. He's very happy here and doesn't create a mess. You know something? It's easy to snigger because you just think, how silly do you have to be? really, you know, it's like the old expression, there's no fool like an old fool. How could you possibly not have noticed? The man himself, I think he's a scumbag. I think Mohammed uh, Ibrahim is really not a very nice man. I, I don't know how you could possibly stoop that low. So I hope he's enjoying his money, her money, that he took from her, but I just think it's pathetic. But I do wonder, what must it have been like to be her family, seeing that little drama unfolding? Um. Here we go. Oh, look, more snickerdoodles. Hang on, what's this. Okay, Maggie, I love them, especially with a cup of coffee. Uh, Right now, do you dunk them in the coffee or do you just eat them alongside? Because you see, much as I love the look of these things, for me, the perfect coffee companion is either maybe a pastry or if you're going to have a biscuit, it has to be something really hard. It has to be biscotti, which were designed to be eaten with coffee because you dunk them in the coffee. And they come out just a little bit softer, but they don't fall into the coffee. They're perfectly designed. So crunchy with coffee, I think, is definitely the way to go. Philip saying, I quit nine years ago, but I sure love taking a match to a pack of fags back in the day. LOL. Um, armadillos are a bit of... You quit You quit smoking for nine years ago. That's great, Philip. Well done. Um Armadillos are a bit of a nuisance, says Jacqueline. They dig up your garden. The biggest issue with them is that they can carry leprosy. Ugh, that's horrible. I suppose that's a bit like um, badgers over here, English badgers. I know the, the badgers are different in the States. English badgers can carry TB. They're a complete menace. They carry bovine TB. And of course, so farmers absolutely hate badgers and they're always trying to get rid of them. But there are protection orders against the culling of badgers because they look cute. Um, They are really vicious, but they look lovely. Like the sort of things we grew up with, with Beatrix Potter and animals of farthing wood. So they then spread TB to cows. And of course, cows can spread TB to humans. So if a cow tests positive for TB, the whole herd has to go um, so, understandably, farmers don't like conservationists who try to keep the badgers going. So that's quite scary. I did once see um, a musician playing an instrument made of an armadillo shell. Um, so that should have given me an idea of the scale of the animal. Ron is saying that cinnamon rolls are my favourite. Tim Hortons coffee and donut holes are rather tasty. Blast the fact that I have diabetes. Uh oh. Yes, I'm not sure you're allowed to eat cinnamon rolls. Then are you? You've, are you a bit restricted? Um, though I have a diabetic friend who says he eats whatever he likes and he just changes the insulin injection depending. I suppose it depends what kind you have. I had to restrict my sugar years ago because of the diabetes risk. And it was giving up sugar in tea and coffee that was the hardest. That was really tough. I've got a very sweet tooth. Maggie saying I'm not a dunker of anything in my coffee, but I'm sure there are people that do that. Well, Funnily enough, in, in England, it's regarded as a bit uh, a bit vulgar to dip things in your coffee. You don't dunk things in your coffee, it's it's rude. Um, but in the Mediterranean, it's just much more common. Uh, it's, it's one of those little vices. I remember when I'm in company here not to put anything into my tea or coffee. Um, Philip, what is this? This looks frightening. Ah, my tranny for the day took half a minute to remember how to shift this thing. Okay. What is that? Okay, it's an engine. It's a dashboard. It's, I don't know. Um, Ron, that's what mine looks like, Philip. Okay, I'm not allowed to drive anything bigger than a little Honda. Tom Connolly. Morning, Tom. Timbits are addicting. What are Timbits? Oh, dear. I'm really out of my depth here. I'm going to have to get the resident pirate to tell me all about it. Just to recap the day, oh, Ron, oh, I'll say uh, I'm not supposed to have them, but they are tasty. Oh, I'll say like you, you have a sweet tooth, too. Yes, I don't know. I mean, my grandma got because diabetes is so endemic among Maltese people. Forty seven percent of Maltese people developed diabetes at some point in their lives. And so it's, it's a really major public health issue. And that's why a lot of us. Um, If we start to show signs, I was starting to show our early warning signs some years ago. We're just told by our doctors, just cut right back on the sugar now because you're heading very, very quickly towards diabetes. My grandmother was like that in her old age. And part of me just thought she loved chocolate, really loved chocolate. And part of me just thought, you know, if she wants to have a couple of chocolates, you know, she's 92, for goodness sake. Does it really matter? They're very bizarre creatures. Oh, tranny is a transmission. Oh my goodness! Sorry, I thought tranny meant something completely different. I was a way of saying that. Okay, transmission. Right, gotcha. Um, <laughs> thank you, seventy three K five Blazy. You knew exactly what was going through my head. I think. Um, uh, Jacqueline, they look like small armored cars. Armadillos, really unattractive. King Dude, are you there? Mike. Okay, I've been I'm being ghosted by somebody else. Right, it's the shifting pattern for the transmission in the truck I'm driving. Thank you, Philip. Sorry, I am a bit of a I'm a bit of an ignoramus when it comes to lorries. What are these, Maggie? They look too wonderful. Jacqueline is informing me that baby armadillos are really cute though. I can't imagine that creature ever being cute. Timbits okay, those are Timbits. Those what they look okay, sorry, gotcha. There I'm learning something new every day. Mike, where are you?
1: Aye, I, I am here.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, We've okay. the rum and hoisted the main sail, Lassie. <laughs> oh, goodness, no.
0: Uh, am I going to have to listen to um, this all day? Maggie, Arr. you're going to have this all day now, aren't you?
1: <laughs> yes, she is. All day will it be pirates up in here. <laughs> What's wrong with talking, talking like a pirate day? I love talking like a pirate day.
0: Well, have you um, seen the Pirates of the Caribbean films? All of them all of them what's your favorite uh,
1: um well i kind of casually watch them so i couldn't say i i, I, I the one where they're on the island where johnny depp gets caught in the uh, where jack sparrow gets caught in the the giant uh, net by the natives that are on yes. the island the cannibals, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yes. <laughs>
1: That's. I think that was my. Uh, if I had to pick one, I think that was my. Uh, uh, that was my favorite. Do, do you know what a privateer is?
0: Yes, like people like Drake, basically Raleigh. Okay, so licensed pirates.
1: Basically, so here in the in Louisiana. Uh, we named a school, the University of New Orleans. Their mascot is the privateer. Mm. So, okay. were, yeah, well, there's a difference between a privateer and a pirate. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they kind of do the same thing, but as you well, just a,
0: means the king says they can do it.
1: Yeah, yes, uh, <laughs> but in this instance, there wouldn't have been. A, you wouldn't have had royal permission. You probably would have had. Um, uh a uh, royal governor permission It would have been the king that would have done it but in any event uh the most famous of the of the of the privateers most people think that jean lafitte was a pirate jean lafitte was not a pirate jean lafitte was a privateer
0: mhm
1: and jean lafitte uh famously or infamously depending on whose side you're on <laughs> Sailed, I sailed <laughs> one of his vessels up the uh, up the Mississippi River into the lakes and hid it from all of the scavenging law biters that were after his booty.
0: Maggie, would you like to maybe take a flight over here today? You can <laughs> say with me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: okay. Yes, save me. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Mike. Well, you brought
1: it up. You brought up it was now. Na- I, I didn't even know until you and Maggie started, uh, started jabberwalking about it.
0: Okay, all right. Well,
1: there's a word well, we I'm- haven't used in a while, jabberwalkie.
0: Well, I'm learning about donut holes. I couldn't work out how you could eat the hole.
1: Uh, well, you, you, you have to punch the hole in the donut so that it's a donut.
0: Yeah, I, I assumed you didn't do that. I thought you'd made them into rings. So no,
1: no. So why? Uh, no, it's a lot easier to make it flat. So why why throw away the uh, the uh, the good part mm-hmm. of the donut? It's the same as the rest of the donut, just not, <laughs> it's just a different shape. Actually, the holes per square inch probably have more sugar than uh, the bigger donuts, which is probably why people love them.
0: I have never come across them before.
1: Well, you don't have donuts. Pro- you don't, we as do you would say, donuts. you don't have proper donuts. We do
0: have donuts donuts.
1: Okay, what's a problem? Alright, I was in England. I never saw a proper donut.
0: They're stuffed d- with jam.
1: D- oh, no, no, okay, well, then to me, that's a proper donut because Those I only jelly- like jelly donuts. Those are filled donuts.
0: Okay, well, I think we made them first. You uh, made the ones with the holes. W-
1: uh, well, uh, you wouldn't have a jelly filled donut that had a hole in it.
0: No. Because it a Jam filled <laughs> donut. by the right. way. It's, jam. it's a jammy donut.
1: <laughs> a, a jam filled. A, jam, a jammy donut filled. Uh, you wouldn't, if you had a hole in the middle of it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a donut.
0: No. So, it, 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 like
1: a- because w- without the hole, it's more like a cake. Whereas it's you would call it. It's a
0: cake, it, it is a donut.
1: Okay, so. W- it's we, made uh, of dough. You call it a biscuit. Did
0: you make cake? That's something else.
1: Oh, okay, so a, t- a, a jam stuffed biscuit, is that what you call a donut? No. Uh, no,
0: no. a donut, it's, it's made of dough, it's made of the same, it's made of batter.
1: Do you know what the with French. jam inside. Okay, do you know what the French call it? What? The beignet.
0: Possibly. No, a, a, a biscuit with jam is a, da- a jammy dodger.
1: No, a donut in general, the French call it a beignet.
0: Okay, yes. No, over here, a biscuit with jam is called a jammy dodger.
1: A biscuit. Okay. Yes. A a jammy dodger.
0: Yes. A biscuit is like a cookie but smaller and harder.
1: Yeah, those English boys really like the fried chicken over the biscuits. What? The video Uh, that we played part of uh, to you a couple of weeks ago, of the southern chef that went to a boys' school in England and cooked for them for a day. And he right. and he cooked fried chicken and cracklings and all sorts of things, and the boys were like, oh, that doesn't look like there's something to the appetizer." What did you taste it? And then when they tasted it, it was like this might actually be the best food I've ever had, I've ever eaten. Well,
0: is it don't? Is it try before you deny? I don't know who it was in the chat room who told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, can I tell? Can I tell you one of my one of my um text things that I was about to say and then hesitated? It's Not the one about the jelly because I gather that's actually quite rude as well. We're all rude. Well, you see, I was I got I got you... suddenly completely flummoxed. I I I read out a couple of them and then I started I started looking for the next one, but some of them are really rude and I thought actually I don't think I can say this on, on live radio at this time of the morning, particularly where I had this awful feeling I didn't understand the point. Um which is really embarrassing. But um there's one here I do understand and it's it's a man um trying to spook his daughter.
1: It's okay. A, okay.
0: Yeah. His da- daughter's texting him saying, Dad, there's a moth in the outside of the bathroom door. Can you get rid of it? Please hurry. I'm going to cry. Dad. Dad. And then th- the message comes, Dad is dead. You're next. Love, moth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: <is> funny. <laughs> is that allowed? Okay.
1: <laughs> dad right. is dead. You're next. Well, the, uh, the, the etymology of the word uh, pirate comes from the Italian pirata. Mm-hmm. From the Greeks, uh, pirates, which is uh, a word you still use in your writing, because I've seen it, a brigand,
0: a brigand, yes,
1: yes, a brigand. We don't use brigand here. We just call. We don't. We don't use proper villain terms. We don't use brigand. We don't (laughs) use knave. Right? Isn't a knave a bad guy?
0: Yes, I mean, these are very old-fashioned words. I mean, they're not used... Brigand and, and nave are not used in, in everyday parlance anymore. I mean, I, I tend to use them because I write historical novels.
1: It's also interesting to me that uh, uh, of the laws uh, that most of the nations of the world agree upon, there's only mm. a few exceptions, like Somalia, and used to be Libya, for example, mm. Um Piracy is one of them. Yeah, piracy on the on the seas is illegal, according to international treaty, treaties. You know, what the, you know what the lost is. The lost, the Land of the Sea Treaty, the Law of the Sea Treaty.
0: Oh well, I know of it. But okay, I, I so the,
1: the the lost is a it goes back a couple of hundred years or hundreds of years. I'm not, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure, but the Law of the Sea Treaty basically was agreed upon to by all the. Sea uh, all the nations that had seafaring vessels would agree agreed that uh, it would be illegal to board, rob, pillage, damage, maim, uh, steal, imprison, etc. The mm-hmm. private sailing, uh, commercials, uh, and merchant sailing vessels uh, from another state or uh, from another okay. country, right? So piracy is pretty much agreed upon as a bad thing.
0: Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is, it's when countries like Somalia become lawless. There's no one from that country to enforce the law. Jacqueline, I will remind you about your biscuit story tomorrow. I promise. Yes.
1: Did you see the uh, the movie Captain Phillips? No. Is it good? Uh, uh, it, it was uh, Tom uh, Tom Hanks was it was Captain Phillips, and he was the captain of a very large uh, container carrying sailing vessel that got too close to the coast of Somalia and the Somalian pirates uh, saw the ship and, or they were out looking for ships and uh, uh, using crude harpoons, harpoon got a, got a harpoon up onto the deck and then yeah. were able to repel one of their members up onto the deck of the ship. And then he and let down the ladder and they got on the ship and they uh, they captured the bridge and they imprisoned the captain, uh, demanding ransom from the shipping company. Uh, this is a very famous story about uh, 12, 15 years ago. That's why they made it into a movie. Uh, I'm just
0: looking at it now. I'm, yes, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just looking it up.
1: And yeah, then, right, the, uh, the, there was a United States naval, uh, there was a there was a navy vessel that was uh, within sailing at uh, one day's distance and they uh, they put the uh, the sharpshooters the best that they had on the decks of the uh, of the navy carrier and uh, they were pretending that they were negotiating with the pirates who were in a submersible uh, a, a rescue sub if you will a rescue vehicle mm-hmm. and the the the, the sharpshooters Had using infrared and other uh, high technology uh, sensors, uh, they had they had four pirates on uh, the ship. First thing they had to do was identify them positively, and then the second thing they had to do was each one um, uh, was assigned to take a bead, you know, to to take aim on 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 the pirates, and then uh, in 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 they had to sync up their shot. So they had to simultaneously all fire. Otherwise, one of the pirates might have ducked or moved out of the way or whatever. And they hit all four of them in one shot. And that's oh. how they got the ship back. Gosh. So, yes, so. there are still Somalian pirates. And one of the more famous stories for Americans, I don't know if the, if, if, if the British would know it, but um, in the United States Marine Corps has a line in its theme song, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, so the shores of Tripoli refers to one of the first marine expeditions uh, that uh, President Jefferson sent to Libya and uh, to to, uh, to the to the coast. Uh, what was Libya before it was Libya? It wasn't called Libya then. Uh, well, I guess it was. It was Libya. Um, yeah. Okay. Libya. And the the, the, the the Libyan pirates, the Libyans were, were uh, not obeying the law of the Sea Treaty. And mm-hmm. they had captured a, uh, a pair of American merchant sailing vessels. And uh, they were demanding fly, uh, $4 million, or $4 million pounds in ransom. To which President Jefferson said, okay. We're gonna I'm gonna send the Marines instead I can't remember the gentleman's name but they sent the Marines he sent a battalion of Marines on a on a, on a ship and their job was to find out where the cat where the Americans were being captured find out where the ships were and then they were to release the uh, they were to release the Crusade channel talk radio the way it should be broadcasting live from Madisonville Louisiana and streaming 24/7 at crusadechannel.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Frying with Tommy. It's that time of the year again. No, it's not pumpkin spice season. It's spooky season. And no Halloween party is complete without some pulled chupacabra. What do you mean you've never had chupacabra before? Don't worry, neither had I. Until I was hanging out with my friend Lou the Rougarou. One night many moons ago, I was hanging out on his back porch when all of a sudden a chupacabra walked onto his backyard. He looked at me, hey dude, have you ever had some chupacabra before? And of course I told him, I've never had chupacabra, that's the first chupacabra I've ever seen. A few minutes later, Lou's back, I seen him add some salt and pepper, that's when I gave him that eye. I said, are you really just gonna do just salt and pepper? Lou goes, what else I'm going to add? And I whipped out that bottle of Mike Church's beast and Butt Rub out of my fanny pack of Freedom. And I told Lou, I said, this secret blend of sugar, herbs, and spice makes everything taste heavenly. So Lou started pouring oh, until his weekend. ancestors told and, him to stop. And about um, an hour or two later, we, uh, we're trying to
1: get our bearings here, and I think I'll be at 100% tomorrow.
0: Right. Well, are you going? Are you going to talk like a pirate on your show all day?
1: I. Oh, no, please no. <laughs> aye, la, la, aye, lassie, Aye, queenie. What, what, what does Jeffrey Rush call Kira Knightley in, the, in Pirates of the Caribbean? Lassie. Lassie. I lassie. I told Maggie. I said, look, if we're going to have fun with this, then you have to go find Jeffrey Rush somebody because he's a consummate pirate, movie pirate.
0: He is so good. He is
1: so as good. As a... <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all good. Yeah. Uh, in their in there, you know, there's supporting roles, but you're gonna have to go find, uh, you have to go find some Jeffrey Rush. So yes, we have Jeffrey Rush pirate sound Bites, and we'll even have some seafaring music and, and and whimsical tales for you from the high seas, lessies.
0: And I tell you what, you have to have, you have to keep using the line. They're not really, it's not really a code, more like guidelines. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the line?
2: That it's more like. A-
0: so can, yes, whenever she says parlay.
1: parlay. Oh, parlay, yes. parlay. It's part of the,
0: it's the pirate code. It's <laughs> not really a code. It's more like guidelines.
1: <laughs> it's not really a code. <laughs> kind of like the difference between a theme song and a hymn.
0: Oh, you have to fight that one out. Ah,
1: uh, yes. Well, yeah. it's nice to know that our local petty Foggers 476 never sleeps, never rests, never goes away. I may leave and go for a month at a time, but I can be rested assured that on the day of my return, I shall meet, I, the knaves of the local 476, out to steal in me booty and out to steal in me honor. Well, guess what, sunny Jim? Today is not the day you'll get my honor or my booty or in my pirate or my ship.
0: Maggie, you have my sympathy. Have a splendid day, won't you? I'll say a prayer for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna escape and I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump the plank, walk the plank. It is thirty-one minutes. Off with it. the
1: plank with you! I learned a little French was on the seas Au revoir, Massey
0: If the French are in the sea, I might have to stay in the boat. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile, England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at CrusadeChannel.com And the chat room is open for your commentary and pirate impressions at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. I'll now leave you with Jack Sparrow, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be.